You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey gang, are you looking for another podcast to listen to? Well, you're in luck. The Nerdy Laser is a podcast, and we specialize in 90s nerd culture. But we don't leave anything out. If something is cool and nerdy, we will talk about it. So join myself, Richard Yule, and a variety of guests on the Nerdy Laser podcast, available on iTunes, Podbean, and the ESO Network. Hello, and welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show Podcast. I am your host, The Monster, back to give you another week of sci-fi news. So before we get started, you may be hearing some wind chimes and that damn dog that's barking in the background, which means I am outside in my backyard once more because this is the only time I'm going to be able to record my podcast. And it was fine, maybe about a half hour before I started recording. There was no dog, just lots of wind. And now we got wind with the dog. (laughs) So for today's topic, I am going to be talking about the Oscar nomination of Black Panther, which is nominated as Best Picture for 2018, and a couple other technical awards. I will also be talking about the possibility of star of Starship Troopers of becoming a TV series. And lastly, we are going to kind of continue the conversation about uh, from Ghostbusters 3 with the fallout that happened with Leslie Jones slash talk about Jared Leto, who is playing Morbius, the living vampire. So that's going to be part of the expanded universe or the sony universe of marvel characters that sony's going to push for uh in 2020 so we'll talk about that in uh, just a few minutes but before i get started um one of my listeners and yes i have a listener (laughs) uh his name is rob and he's out of orlando he posted something on his facebook wall and made me laugh because you know the frustration that I get is the kind of frustration that he gets in which, you know, when you post stuff and you get tons of likes and then, but you mention something about your show, like nothing, like he hasn't mentioned crickets. So I, I felt bad, but I want to kind of give at least a little plug for his show because he does actually uh, a live show on fr- Friday nights at 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Now, if in the Orlando area, it's 91.5. And if you're not, you can always find that radio station online at WPRK.org, which is going to be out of Rollins College. So his show is called The Metal Train Radio Show. So give him a like. Let him know that you, I said, go listen to him. I'm sure he would appreciate any traffic, any nods of the fact that he's doing a great show. So please do that for me that one other listener somewhere in the world so all right now before i get into the big three topics there are a lot of tidbit news that came through that i'm just like 
oh my god there's way too much stuff and hopefully in the next five minutes i can cram this in because again i'm trying to do this in nine minute segments so if you have not seen bumblebee amc is doing a great promotion starting as of the 25th until the end of this month a two for one just specifically to watch bumblebee and since mr gene said that he liked it I really do want to take advantage of seeing Bumblebee before that is over. So again, that's from January 25th to the 31st, but only through the AMC theaters. Next, we also have the Umbrella Academy trailer that just dropped for Netflix. It looks fantastic. And from what I'm gathering, it's, I mean, it's based on a graphic novel from uh, Dark Horse. I read a little bit at the very beginning. Think of it as kind of like Watchmen-esque in some aspects. But it will be coming, I believe, February 14th or the 15th. I forget which day that is going to be on. The other piece of news is that uh, last week, Patty Jenkins was on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And she talked about um, her series that she did with Chris Pine. And it's called I Am The Night. So that's dealing with um, like true crime issues. But the other thing that came out of that during the week is that Chris Pine, who is in Wonder Woman 1984, says this might be the last time we'll get to see Steve Trevor. Now, how that will happen, we won't know until that comes out in 2020. But honestly, I'm feeling that this is not the Steve Trevor that we know from World War One. Uh, some speculated that it could be Martian Manhunter pretending to be him. Who knows? But um, I would not think that it's essential for Wonder Woman to have a Steve Trevor, although it would be nice. You know, kind of like you have Superman with the Lois Lane. It's not always necessary, but you kind of have that pairing anyway. And you should have that kind of connection even for some weird way dealing with time travel. Who knows? All right, moving on. We have Blade, the movie that wasn't be a TV series. And I'm like, wait a minute. We had one. And mind you, he didn't look like anything like Wesley Snipes. And it was kind of decent. Nothing spectacular, but we already had a TV series. So why are we trying to come back? to another version of a TV series. And I'm like, it, it, it makes no sense. And this is actually from, uh, I think, the producers, or one of the producers of the Punisher series that wants to do this. I'm like, look, knock yourself out, but I just think that's kind of nuts to try uh, and do a TV series. I would rather see a more, you know, bring him over to the MCU kind of thing and have him interact. That'll be kind of cool. But I'm more upset about the fact that Marvel and Netflix kind of had, you know, that kind of falling out. But that's understandable. I just don't want to see another property of Marvel that just kind of gets cut, cut before it's prime. So, again, I think it should be brought into the movies. And we'll leave it at that. Next, we have John Cryer. If you know John Cryer, I've never watched Two and a Half Men. I hate that show. I hate the concept of the show. So for me, John Cryer, aside from the god-awful nephew of Lex Luthor in Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, 
is actually going to be playing Lex Luthor <laughs> in Supergirl. So the 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 first image of it is that it's from behind prison uh, bars, and he has a shaved head. Good. He has kind of a beard ish on his face. So it's a different look from all the other Lex Luthor. So it's either you had the hair or you had it completely shaved. Never this look. So I like John Cryer. I loved him back in the day when he was ducky and pretty in pink. So, you know, it's a, a special thing for me to see him back and doing something that I like, which is super grown. Okay. The other thing real quick, uh, about a week ago, uh, not just past Thursday, but the week before that, I watched Titan Games with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and he mentioned about this kind of offhand comment about having Thor crossover with <laughs> the Fast and the Furious, and I'm like, and then he's like, well, I'm, I want to make this happen, and he called it hashtag Thor hits the floor, which I thought is really funny, and this is the closest that I felt like, well, because supposedly... He hasn't done this yet, but he's going to be Black Adam. So that'll be kind of interesting because it'll never happen. But I thought it was Black Adam calling out Thor. Fine. All right. So lastly, Star Trek, uh, the new Picard series is going to have Picard be not in charge of a starship. That's the only thing that I came away with uh, a recent um, article in which Jonathan Frakes talked about. That's all I know. He's not going to be a captain of a starship. So, all right. So on that note, we are done for the first segment. So when I come back, I'm going to be talking about the Black Panther and the Oscars. We are the Metal Geeks Podcast. And on this show, we have heavy metal, comic books, video games, movies, theme parks, and more. Wait, wait, wait. Comics? Yep. And movies? Exactly. Video games? Yeah. Metal? Of course. How does theme parks fit in this? It just does. All of us Metal Geeks can be found at MetalGeeks.net. At Metal Geeks for Twitter. Metal Geeks on Instagram. And Metal Geeks on the Facey Space. You can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe today. Metal Geeks. All right. So now I'm going to be talking about the latest nomination for the Oscars for 2018, which is Black Panther. Let's be clear about our expectations about Black Panther winning for Best Picture. If you remember some time ago, there was a time, not that long ago, in which the Oscars wanted to have a separate category for popular films, popular movies, basically. So Oscars would have been like for movies like Black Panther, you know, or it could have been like Wreck-It Ralph, too, you know, that kind of thing. That's the kind of stuff that it makes a bajillion dollars. A lot of people love it. A lot of people get to watch it. And that's what they also will go to. But that kind of got pushed to the side, aside from the other problems that the Oscars are having this year. But they still kept the, the 10 movies that were going to be nominated and pretty much it's like, let's just put it in there. We can't ignore how popular that movie you know, is with audiences. So we're like, yeah, they'll throw you a bone. And that's basically, that's how it feels like. And I, I've come to grips long ago 
back in the day when, you know, I've mentioned this before, but I'll tell the story again. When uh, 1981 came around and Raiders of the Lost Ark was nominated for Best Picture, I'm like, holy crap, that's amazing that that will be up there. And back then, it was just like, I think five films just simply nominated. And one of the movies that it lost out to was Chariots of Fire. So it's a period piece. And if you look at the long history of period piece movies, it always somehow, either was in the best category for costume design, production design, and winds up being you know, the movie that is least seen and least cared about. And in fairness, I did see Chariots of Fire, and it was cool because Vangelis did the soundtrack, but that's not the point. But the point here is that action movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark, or in this case, Black Panther, they're not going to win. And in fairness, when I look at the competition, um, the favorite, another period piece movie, I think that's going to be like the heavy expected winner to go into it. I would love to see Roma win for Best Picture uh, since the director won, um, if I remember correctly, he won for Best Director for Gravity with Sandra Bullock, but not the movie itself. Um, Then you have The Star is Born and you also have Vice uh, and Black Klansman, which is Spike Lee, which I think he is long overdue. that's just my personal opinion. But, you know, if I was going to pick to choose Black Panther over Black Klansman, I would have chosen Black Klansman just because of the significance of that storyline being told that I never knew that even existed. Whereas Black Panther is more fantasy-based. And, like, even when Lord of the Rings came out years ago, I never expected that Lord of the Rings would, you know, the first movie be nominated, let alone win. But then the next one, Two Towers, also got nominated for Best Picture, did not win. And not until the final point of Return of the King did it actually get to win. Now, having said that, you can't really ignore how great that movie is for the Return of the King. But to me it's like well is this the best of the three i don't know i just think that it's a very long movie and it, it wraps up perfectly in the last part but you have to also acknowledge the first two movies which the oscars didn't other than give it oscar nods so in this case when it comes to like panther you know it just didn't exist out of nowhere it came from Civil War with the Avengers. Oh, I'm sorry, the Captain America Civil War because it was like the Avengers 2.5 as I refer to. Um, so it's not as if this is the first time we've never seen this character. It has been done before. So until he had his own movie, yeah, I, I know it's it's again, it feels like we're just being thrown a bone here. The only thing that I feel that aside from the competition of like production design, costume design. I'm, I'm really, I'm hoping that the costume design really goes to Ruth Carter, who really did an amazing job on this uh, movie. Who also worked with Spike Lee in the past. So 
I'm a big Ruth Carter fan of, in that respect. But for Kendrick Lamar to have a possibly a shot of having all the stars be the Oscar winner for best song, um, I, I think is going to be tough because in that sense we have, um, which I have yet to watch, but uh, A Star Is Born, it seems to be like I think it's favorites going into this, so it's going to be up for a competition. But I would love to see how this plays out as a performance, and that's the other thing too is that I enjoy if the actual artist actually sings the damn song. So that's the kind of thing that look if you're going to actually do this. Get the original people because it, it it doesn't do justice when you have like one person singing all the different songs and it's not like within their range that kind of thing. So I'm like, uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, and then of course you know you know we have uh, one for Mary Poppins, the place where lost things go. So we have that. But I swear to God, I will lose my mind if someone says Mary Poppins in that. And I will just like, I will hunt down Lin-Manuel Miranda and kill him. I hate that phrase so damn much. So aside from that, I want, let me put this aside, in the Saturn Awards, which is more appropriate for movies like this. You know, the director of Black Panther, Ryan Coogler, did win. So if there's a bone to be had, that's it. And that's a well-deserved bone. Now, he didn't get nominated as an Oscar for Best Picture. Um, and, and, and it's okay that, you know, you can have movies that are really good movies but the director did not get nominated or the director gets nominated, but not the best picture. And it's, it's, it's mind boggling because the irony is how could you have one without the other, you know, or have a great movie and not nominate the, uh, the, the, the actors. So in this case, you know, like Chadwick Boseman, I love, I have not seen, but, (laughs) but the performance that he's done in 42 for Jackie Robinson, uh, Marshall for Thurgood Marshall, and what was the other one? I'm blanking out. The uh, uh, Get On Up for James Brown. He's playing real people. That's the kind of performances that I would give an Oscar to. For Black Panther, honestly, it was kind of like not really that memorable, and that is, I feel like that's Oscar worthy, but that's just my opinion. So I'm coming up on my break, and then when we're coming back, I'm going to be talking about the possibility of a Starship Troopers TV series. So come right back. Why should I listen to the Nerd Bliss Podcast? Because we go there. Where? Everywhere. Human sexuality. They don't care what's in your pants. They love you anyway. Time travelers. The problem is time will f*** back with you. Politics and fandom. What Star Wars has been prior to Disney. It is a white male driven universe. Find us at nerdblisspodcast.com. And on social media at nerdblisspod. Part of this complete breakfast and the ESO network. The The Nerd Bliss Podcast. Listen! 
bug lovers, let's talk about some Starship Troopers. So, back in the last century, or at least three years before the century was over, 1997, we had Starship Troopers. Now, that was a movie directed by Paul Verhoeven, who is masterful of having all things gross and fun and super violent. And I'm like, that's why I love RoboCop so much. So I was eager when I first saw Starship Troopers to see a sequel happen. Now, on the box office side, it didn't do spectacular uh, as far as hitting it out there. But as a sci-fi fan, no problems. I had no problems with that. Now, over the years, we did get kind of sequels not fantastic sequels but sequels nonetheless in 2004 so 2004 we had starship troopers 2 uh heroes of the federation not directed by paul but directed by phil tippett phil tippett is a special effects guy and if you know your Star Wars lore. He was very big with Star Wars. And if you saw the Return of the Jedi documentary, he was the actual Rancor monster when they did the full-size mock-up. Um, and then they cut it into with the model. But that was him. Um, he's done lots of great, fantastic work on other movies. But this is something that was a much smaller scale. So it didn't have the exact same scope as the first movie it was limited to a base so everything that was shot was just limited to the bigger picture after that we get starship troopers the number three marauder which casper van Dien comes back and continues that role that he did in the first one playing rico jolene blaylock who is topal from enterprise is also in that movie and you would think it would be better. <laughs> it's slightly better, but it's nothing really to write home about, so to speak. Um, to add to that, 2017, there was a movie called Starship Troopers, Traitor of Mars. So Casper comes back once more. Dina Meyer comes back. Uh, she was killed in the first movie. <laughs> And uh, I was curious to find out how they were going to bring back her character. And then on top of that, this is an animated movie. So animated movie-wise, I didn't really have a problem. I was like, how are they going to bring back this character? And I, if you were disappointed about Battlestar Galactica, the remake, the, the reboot with Star Starbuck being a woman and how she was killed and then brought back and then disappeared at the end of season four uh, in the finale. It kind of feels like that. There is no rhyme or reason how she p shows up except that Rico is interacting with her and then towards the end she disappears again. Look, I'm okay with not giving me all the details about how things happen, like the Force or things of that nature. But 
either he was delusional, he was on some other plane of existence, I don't know, but you you should have explained a little bit more about why this is character came back. That's all I wanted to know about. So, fine. We'll just leave it at that. Now, there was uh, an animated series called Roughnecks, the Starship Troopers Chronicles, back in 1999. Now, not that it's bad, but the the last four movies I just mentioned, the exact same writer, uh, Ed... Uh, I forgot his name. Ed, I'll just call him Ed. Just leave it at that. Ed... Uh, New Mirror, something like that, um, had written for all four movies. Now, he wants to kind of put it out in the verse that he's thinking about trying to get a TV series to happen with the original cast. And he's like, well, maybe we can get this on Netflix or we can get this on Hulu. I know personally there that there is a cult following for Starship Troopers. And like not that far ago, I think right after New Year's, it was on one of the cable channels and I watched it again. So even with edited for TV, <laughs> which means all the good stuff is being cut out, it was still enjoyable. But that was the first movie. I can't see myself uh, continuing with this series onward when the subsequent properties just fail to kind of live up to that kind of expectation now even he admits the the writer admits that you know when he did the first movie it was more like type of um like writing propaganda films and and how you know you would have this forced patriotism patriotism uh in which people like you know you have to fight for the bugs, you know, you want to become a citizen and, and, you know, and I get that and it has that feel. But when you take that out of the the second and the third and even the fourth one, it doesn't really have that kind of resonance. So bringing back the original cast, granted, you know, I'm not sure if Casper wants to do this or Denise Richards wants to do this or Clancy Brown wants to do this. I think it would be a big, it could work on some aspects, but like Patrick Neil Harris, who was also in the first movie, I don't think you would want to necessarily bring him back to do another TV series, considering he already did one. And he's done other things too, so I'm not sure this is something that's even something that he would want to reprise. Casper, on the other hand, hasn't had much of a career, and in fact he had that... um, uh, it was a Grimm's Avengers, so it's like a bunch of fairy tale heroes forming their own Avengers squad, and you know it was god awful. But it's like it, it's nothing spectacular. It's like B minus C grade kind of storytelling. So I, I'm sure this could be a boost for him, but I don't see this. I don't see this in my heart being a great series now. Having said that, Highlander is a perfect example in which the first movie was fantastic. Second one, I don't know why you went off the rails so quickly and say that the Highlanders are now aliens. And then the third one kind of went back to its roots. And then fourth one, what? 
I don't get what's going on anymore. So Adrian Paul became the Highlander, and he was Duncan McLeod as opposed to Connor McLeod, played by uh, I forgot Chris Lambert. It was a fantastic series, and it did a better job at, at flushing out that series. So I want to say yes, you could do this in the right way, a la the Highlander series. I just want to see how you're going to kind of make this all work and make it feel like this was always intended to be like this, that you can kind of tell these type of stories episodically, not just one lump movie. So there's your playbook. Go at it, Ed. So on that note, I'm going to come and take another break and come back and talk about the fallout with Leslie Jones and Sony, as well as Morbius the living vampire. You ever been curious about the real or fictional worlds? In the beginning, there were laser kings <laughs> and giant robots. Those who created. I'm going to feed you to this tentacle monster now. <laughs> no. Or what inspires. And uh, I remember being in my room with my brother, and we immediately, like within five seconds, he decided he was a DC fan, and I decided I was a Marvel fan. And we were <laughs> going through and sorting out all of the comics. And you might enjoy Ubi Tigers, the only podcast show where we take life by the tail. Now available on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes, and of course your favorite podcasting hour. This is Hubie Tigers. All right, coming into the home stretch, let's talk about what Leslie Jones doesn't want to talk about. Is that she's really upset at the fact that the news Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 3, is going to basically bypass what the female Ghostbusters movie did in 2016. And she said to some degree that she felt it was insulting and like F them as of, you know, what they did didn't matter or didn't count. And look, she has every right to feel that way. And of course, there are tons of people already getting on her just like they did in the first release of that movie and which they announced on all female cast like Nothing has changed, basically. No matter how many years has passed, nothing has changed. This is three years later, and people are still going on about, you know, what she is and the lack of what the women did to the, the franchise. And as I mentioned, that this franchise can go forward and they should go forward in a new direction unfortunately the female ghostbusters again i've said this before paul feig leslie jones uh, uh kate mckinnon kristen rigg kristen wig melissa mccarthy and leslie jones they're all fantastic on their own and have fantastic abilities to make me laugh unfortunately the ghostbusters movie that we got wasn't that great it wasn't that good at all i try to be supportive i go in with an open mind 
and I think what kind of ruined me right from the very beginning is that the initial trailer talked about there was a previous Ghostbusters, but then in the movie there was no acknowledgement of that, although past cast members did appear onto that movie in various roles. It just didn't go anywhere. So I'm sorry that that is still a sore subject, and I get that, but who knows what's going to happen in the future. For all we know, that Ghostbusters 3 will fail, and then Leslie will feel redeemed in her feelings. The only way we can do that, maybe if we just maybe split the difference, make it two male, two female Ghostbusters. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes from this point on, but it's a movie that should not be this worked up or over. It's, you know, I felt the first Ghostbusters is perfect. You don't have to do anything else, but we'll we'll go forward with that. All right. So since it's also owned by Sony, we are going to get Morbius, the living vampire. So I really don't know about Morbius other than he's a living vampire. And he was in the comics, and I do remember collecting them, and I was trying to do a little research on it, but basically he was a scientist that actually created some kind of serum in which he was going to be turned into a vampire. And uh, and then he was in the Spider-Man comics, or at least he, he debuted it with Spider-Man. So now we're looking at the Sony universe of Marvel characters <laughs> uh, treatment a la what they did with Venom, in which you are going to introduce another character in the Spider-Verse, so to speak, that does not, it's not going to have Spider-Man in it. And who knew that Venom had such legs, especially overseas, to make it such a, a profitable movie? Now, I will say that for Jared Leto, I think his take of Joker in the Suicide Squad was kind of like, eh, it wasn't that fantastic. But, you know, it's a hard act to follow up Heath Ledger. So that's in itself a whole problem to begin with. And then, of course, Joaquin Phoenix is going to have his own Joker movie later on. And he'll have his own take. So it's hard to kind of like get behind another property that is going to be another superhero. But like Ryan Reynolds and Green Lantern, which sucked, you know, he found his calling with Deadpool. With Morbius, since there's really no, I guess, good interpretations, or at least I think there might have been like an animated story or two in which he does appear, he can make this all his own. And I think with his talents, that definitely is something that we can all see come through. And hopefully that will continue Sony's success with its franchise. Because, you know, when we had Venom, like, how can you do it without Spider-Man? Obviously you can. And then we have Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Well, how can you do it without Peter Parker? Well, you can. And now with Morbius it may prove the point that you can still do these interesting stories about people in the Spider-Man universe, just not with Spider-Man. And 
kind of introduce him later into the fold. So that's kind of interesting. It's not necessarily doing the let's all connect all the movies like the MCU way does. It's kind of doing similar things with what DC is. Let's just do these interesting characters and just make them good first. And then maybe we can do a crossover later on. And I think that's the better approach because when you try to do your, uh, was it a dark universe with uh, uh, the mummy, the one with Tom Cruise and they had the stupid logo and like you're really like, no, we're creating this universe for you with dark monsters. And I'm like, no. The mummy sucked because it sucked. And then it killed the franchise. So I think the the age of let's everyone do our own franchise is dead. Let's all make our own movies on these great characters from these amazing properties. And then maybe we can cross over. So we'll see how it goes from that point on. But in any case, Ghostbusters 3, as well as Morbius, as well as Venom 2, 2020 looks like it's going to be a very big year for Sony. So we'll see how this all plays out. So on that note, guys, I am finally done with the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast, or at least the sci-fi news for this week. So uh, this is a bit of a challenge that I've been trying to do and to do my shorter segments, or at least break it up into nine minutes and insert commercials. But again, I'm trying something new hopefully in the next coming months. So in any case, you can always follow me on the various social networks. I am busy everywhere. You can follow me on Pinterest. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and and Facebook like Rob does. So you can be part of that conversation as well. So you can always email me at monstersci-fi-show at gmail.com. And just now, uh, Gene just finished watching the DC Universe Titans. So he has some really good feedback that I would like to record us talking about Titans. So be prepared for an upcoming podcast on Titans whenever I get around to that. But uh, in any case, thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. See, no talking dog. Well, dogs don't talk. They just bark. And I should know the difference. But again, I'm an idiot. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.